Hey guys, Darren here and welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. This show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that that's why you're listening is because it's your desire to see God's kingdom come, his will be done, established through your daily kingdom contribution. It's such an honor to have you listening today. Don't forget to subscribe to this show that will keep all the supernatural content flowing weekly automatically onto your streaming device. May it be your iPod, your (laughs) Zoom, your desktop computer, your tablet, or of course your mobile device. Also, please leave a review of this podcast on iTunes. And I've created a a shortcut, a link to get you to iTunes quickly and efficiently. The link is thedarrenshow.com. Again, that's thedarrenshow.com. And there you can subscribe and review. You can give this show one star. That means that you think it's kind of lame or you can give it five stars. And that means that you think this thing be off the chain. Awesome. Now, recently there's been this conversation that keeps on occurring. A topic that keeps bubbling to the surface. Intercession. And not just intercession, generically speaking, but the intentional collaboration between key intercessors and ministers and the protection and momentum it creates. Recently, after a revival meeting, I found myself at a boisterously loud restaurant eating a lettuce-wrapped burger and sitting across the table from Charlie Champ. And he was discussing Kenneth Hagen and the momentum created by Hagen's intercessors, the Goodwins. Apparently, Kenneth Hagen would report that when the Goodwins passed on to be with the Lord, his ministry hit a plateau. I wanted to chat with the good ones and I wanted to chat with the intercessors that I'd been hearing about. These invisible, nameless, faceless superheroes that are literally saving lives by hearing God and then praying. You've never heard of my guest today. She was reluctant to even do this interview. And when I asked her that I wanted to pick her brain regarding intercession, she said, I don't know how to tell people what I do because I just do it. But as she began to tell me stories, I found that her stories were full of practical gold nuggets. This is one of the most important things that we should be talking about right now. Intercession. I hope that this conversation is as eye-opening for you as it was for me. And I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Kathy Magato. It's all going down right here, right now on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. Be <laughs> created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. He said, "What?" All right, well, hey, Kathy, thank you so much. I, I've been I've been looking forward to this, and um, really excited just to have a conversation with you about um, intercession and the role of an intercessor. And so, yeah, thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you. 
Hey, I just wanted to ask you um, regarding the, the call of an intercessor. You know, I've been thinking about how Paul um, says that the church is a body, and um, and I think that intercession is almost like the immune system within the body of Christ. And it's almost like if if we have an unhealthy immune system, then the church is vulnerable to attack. But um, it's almost like the uh, the the intercessors are almost like this invisible um, immune system. And so oftentimes intercession isn't really talked about because um, we don't really see it. You know, it's it's running in, in the background and yet it's it's so important. And I guess my, my question for you is, when did you first realize um, that God was calling you um, to be an intercessor? Or when did you first realize that you had like a special kind of intercessory gift? Well, when when my husband, my, my Tim, uh, and I were first called by God to rededicate, we both grew up in the church, but as teenagers, we kind of got lost. And when the Lord first called us back, one of the first meetings that I ever went to, there was a prophet there, and he said to me, I have called you as a watchman on the wall. Go home and read Ezekiel 33. And I remember looking at this man like, what the heck are you saying to me? <laughs> and I, so I, I obeyed and I went home and I read and I, I kind of, you know, in my brain, I, I knew what it was saying, but in my, um, you know, I didn't know how that was going to apply to my life. So I started asking the Lord to, like, teach me and lead me and show me things that I could study, and He did. But I still didn't know how that would apply to my life. And then shortly after that, we connected with Walter and Ida through God only, and we started going on teams with them to Mexico. And it just it just started developing that the Lord was telling me that I needed to pray for this issue or that issue, and it wasn't even things that anybody had asked me about. It was just, you know, I would see Walter at the front teaching on the prophetic, and I would feel like someone in the room was possibly thinking or speaking negative things against him, and the Holy Spirit told me to build a wall around him, and I had absolutely no idea what that meant, but Holy Spirit led me into how to pray a shield around him through the blood of Jesus and keep word curses or wrong prayers or anything like that from being able to reach him while he was teaching and bring confusion to him. So it was it was a road of discovery. I mean, actually, the Lord was clear in the beginning, but I had no idea what it meant. And it just, Holy Spirit just taught me how to move forward from there. You know, I, I, I don't really I don't really have a concise answer for what it looked like or how it happened. It was just listening and being led by the Holy Spirit, pray for this or pray for that or and I would seek him for guidance on how to pray for that or, you know, what my next step was. But mostly it was just listening to the Lord and having him guide me. Now, I, I find it fascinating, the term to uh, to build a wall around them. Um, 
And because uh, I've, I've heard that expression used before, um, especially when it comes to um, people that are or ministers or ministries that are vulnerable. And so d- would you be willing to share any sort of revelation you have as far as how that looked practically? And at what point you at what point you knew that that wall had been established and that Walter and I had now had a um like a layer of protection that they didn't have prior to that. Okay. Well, when the when the Holy Spirit first started talking to me specifically, I remember the first instance was with Walter in Mexico while he was teaching at his prophetic school, and the Lord pretty much gave me a vision of me like a like a person building a brick wall, except the bricks and the mortar were actually made up of the blood of Jesus. And I would just pray, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, we come against anything demonic, any word, curse, any wrong prayer, any spells thrown at Walter that are trying to bring deception to his mind or or get him confused or off point. I, I stand here you know, in the gap, and I place uh, a shield, in essence, of the blood of Jesus between him and the congregation. But it was through a vision of me physically building a wall out of the blood of Jesus. I love that. And um, I also wanted to ask you, so um, you went to Walter and Ida and and said that you felt like you were called to be their intercessor. They they didn't go to you and ask and ask you to pray about being their intercessor. And and that's one of those things. That's a common pattern that I've seen when chatting with different ministers and with different intercessors. Is I've heard that over and over and over again. It's like it's the Lord that inst- it's like the Lord that instigates the conversation and goes to key intercessors and gives them the desire to. Pray pray, but then also, um, reveals his will, um, uh, and, and releases that call to pray. And, um, can you, can you tell us a little bit about what that looked like, um, when, when the Lord called you to be a personal intercessor for Walter and Ida, and then what that conversation, what that conversation looked like when you went to them to, to, to talk to them about it? Well, you know, it, it actually didn't really occur in one specific situation. It just sort of, um, I, I was actually, um, I, I, I can tend to be a kind of a shy person. And so I was kind of secretly interceding for them for quite a bit of time before I even spoke to them about it. The Lord had told me to just, you know, he just, basically the assignment came from the Lord. I want you to intercede for them. And it started out small in small increments, like, you know, pray for them on this trip or, you know, it, it was not like a blanket, you are now their intercessors. It was like small footsteps, small assignments that started out. And one at one point, I remember talking to Ida and just telling her that I had felt like God had called me to do this for them and that, you know, Tim had, Tim is not specifically an intercessor, but he, um, he does pray a lot. And he had felt like God had told him on multiple occasions to, 
you know, pray protection prayers over Walter or Ida or whatever. So it wasn't even like a, uh, for us as a couple, it wasn't even like a teamwork thing in the beginning. It was small steps with Tim and small steps with me. And then Tim and I discussed it together that this is what the Lord had been doing in our, you know, prayer lives. And so then we had a conversation at one point, and I don't even remember specifically when that was, that we had felt God calling us to intercede for them. And because they love us, they were more than happy to, you know, receive that. But I don't really remember a specific time of saying we are now assigned to be your intercessors. It just sort of happened in God's plan. Sure, and I think that that's probably one of that's probably one of the um, the most common ways that the Lord actually speaks to us is through puzzle pieces. You know, I think sometimes we sometimes we expect that um, sometimes we expect the burning bush kind of stories. You know, but it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but for most of us, the Lord speaks like uh, in such a soft whisper, and He speaks over time, and He speaks through situations and he speaks through assignments and it's like he it's like he gives us these little puzzle pieces and as we're obedient to just start putting them together it's like we all of a sudden we realize that um, we're being called to something and we've been called to it through a series of assignments it's almost like it's almost like um, one way that God can speak is through a sequence of events or a sequence of of desires and they all start to get threaded together and so i think that your that your um testimony as far as how god called you will definitely resonate with a lot of uh, with a lot of other intercessors well and a lot of times he the lord will just show me a picture of something and and it's in such a specific manner and and what i mean by that is when when it's my own imagining, it's just like a thought. But when it's the Lord showing me a picture, it's like an HD. It's just got a different quality. And so I will like say, Lord, what are you showing me? And then he, he gives me the explanation. That's kind of the way my gift works. But I know it works differently for a lot of different people. So, you know, one of the things that I would say about intercessors or intercession is that um, there's so many varied ways that we as intercessors learn and grow and develop in our gifts to not put any, for nobody to put themselves in a box. Well, if I don't do it this way, then it must not be. That's so good. And Kathy, would you be willing to speak into... um you were sharing with me how how you met with Ida, and the, and this is before you kind of became their you know official intercessor. Um, but but uh-huh. you originally met with Ida to share with her some some nuggets on covering Walter. 
um, as as his wife. And and uh, and when I say covering, I mean you know bringing a prayer covering, interceding for her husband as as a wife. Would you be willing to just um, like would you be willing to share with us some of those gold nuggets as far as how a husband can cover his wife? in prayer being kind of like a, uh, a a chief intercessor over over his own family and how a wife and mother can provide a prayer covering over over her home and over her husband well in the beginning when when i first met ida when ida first you know entered walter's life because we knew walter prior to him meeting and marrying ida and when she first entered into his life, um, there was an instant bond. So we would spend like hours just talking about spiritual things. And I remember um, part of our relationship intercessory-wise was she and I talking because I, I come from the belief that, that if you can always have intercessors, you know, there's, there's no distance in the Holy Spirit. So intercessors can be back home doing what they need to do, but it's always good to have someone on site interceding. So with with Ida and I, it was just me um, sharing ideas about how she could cover Walter, build the wall or the shield, whatever name you want to put to it, around Walter when she was on site while he was ministering in Mexico when I wasn't able to be there. You know, I was I was home interceding, of course, but, you know, when I wasn't able to be on site with him interceding while he was teaching, I was kind of just giving some of those nuggets to Ida. And, and particularly, I remember, you know, talking to her about praying against word curses and long prayers. And even in Mexico, you have to deal with spells being thrown. So you have to be able to... Um, discern and have a little bit of a strategic warfare, you know, under your belt too. So you have to like stop anything demonic, any demonic strategy from coming at the the object of your intercession. And and with that, it was it was either with Walter, but like with me and Tim, you know, he. He, daily he prays he, he prays for my well-being and I pray for his well-being but throughout the day I will you know the Lord will say you know cover Tim for peace right now or you know whatever I, I, I try to be sensitive to the Lord at all times just because he's constantly showing me things that I need to pray for and I, I like to I like to hear him when I need to be strategic but on a regular daily basis, before Tim goes to work, I pray for safety, I pray for peace, I pray that God will prosper him, that God will give him happiness in his day, joy. You know, it's just um, learning basically the needs of your husband or your wife and, and where it is that they might have a struggle that you need to help them to strengthen in. In other words, if, you know, like I said earlier, I have a, I struggle a little bit with being shy. Tim knows that that can possibly be a weak spot for me, so he prays for me about that all the time. Is that 
how you want. I mean, I, I'm not sure if that's the, the answer to your question. Yeah, it's a it's it's a brilliant brilliant answer. I love what you said. Basically, understanding the needs of your spouse and then um, and then allowing for those needs to become like a prayer strategy and, and really covering your spouse in those in those in those areas. I I think that was beautifully said. Um, Thank you. Yeah, because oftentimes we know the need of our spouse, and then sometimes the enemy can shame us, you know, um, or 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 make us feel like their need is our fault. So, uh, like like we're we're not yeah. me, we're not yeah. meeting their need, or we are not compensating for their weakness. So therefore, shame on you know shame on us, bad spouse. Yeah. Versus seeing that that need is an is an opportunity to really cover them in the place of prayer. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that it, that's just it was just a beautiful answer. It's so practical just for for everyone listening. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about word curses. Um, what is a what is a word curse, and how much power do they do they have? Well, Scripture tells us about the power of our tongue, and that we can speak life or death with it. So, anytime you say something negative about a person, you're actually speaking a word curse over them. In other words, you know driving along and someone cuts you off and you say, you idiot. Well, out of your mouth, you have just called them a negative name. Wow. And that is a word curse. Wow. So, you know, in our daily lives, people um, and situations can cause, you know, negative words to come at us from various different places. And specifically, like in the case of Walter, when he was teaching, when I would say against word curses, it would be maybe a pupil in the congregation saying, you know, he, he's scattered and I don't know what he's saying. Well, that just creates an atmosphere for him. Wow, and interesting. And so I would yep. pray against that. And how would, you, how would you pray against that? Like, what would be an example of, of a way that you would pray when you begin to discern that? Well, in... in for a blanket prayer that I pray a lot over, you know, various ministries or people or even governmental leaders, I just say, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break every word cursed, every wrong prayer, and every spell thrown at, speak the name of whoever or whatever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are called null and void. You have no power. Really good. Because scripture also says that, you know, a curse without cause cannot alight. So if you if you are protecting that person from a curse alighting, even though they may have a situation where they are open to it as an intercessor who has been given that authority, so to speak, to protect that person, you can keep that curse from alighting by canceling it and calling it null and void. Yeah, that, 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 that's so good. And, um, and so when, when you, so you just must be like this, um, uh, your, your discerner must just always be running. <laughs> <laughs> Tim calls it my demo meter. <laughs> what, what does he call it? My demo meter. 
your, your my demonic meter. Oh, your demo. The, the scale goes off the chart. Your <laughs> demo meter. Where the atmosphere is kind of demonically crazy, and he'll just look at me and he'll say, "Turn your demo meter off, okay?" <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's so good. And one of the things that you said about a word curse is it's essentially it's something negative that we speak and, and if we're speaking something negative most likely it's because we're believing a lie or maybe even picking up something in the spirit that we think is just us or we're stating the what we believe to be the obvious so we're stating the obvious but by doing so we're coming into agreement with maybe even something subversive in the spirit and when we and there's power in agreement so when we come into agreement and then we frame it with our words it's almost like we've been um hijacked you know by the by the enemy right. and now he's using us you know and, and it's almost like yeah. he uses our own authority against us or he uses our own authority against our own family or against our own tribe when we become like yeah. an, un, an unwitting instrument of the enemy by partnering with something without even realizing it and then speaking it yes exactly exactly yeah that, that, awesome. yeah that that is that is that is so cool and so like what would your um i know uh three different spe like specific intercessors that um that just began praying and taking on these prayer assignments for various ministers and then at a certain point kind of disclosed hey i'm praying for you i'm picking stuff up yeah, to the point of of where these intercessors have actually saved these ministers lives you know um, i know various ministers that have gone to the hospital under demonic attack and the lord wakes up their intercessor and they they pick up the strategy of the enemy they begin praying and without even being called or notified the ascent really the lord uses them to save the life of these of these um ministers what what would you say to any sort of like closet intercessors who um and i would say specifically have relationships so they're not just interceding for people on facebook but they actually have a relationship with the person that they are praying for um is your encouragement just to kind of stay in hiding until until the lord says to let them know or like what would your advice be for these kind of these closet intercessors that are praying that they're actually getting stuff but they're not actually sharing it well, you know, uh, uh, the Lord depends on us to be discreet and to have integrity, and we don't always need, as intercessors, need to know all the facts or anything like that. And sometimes the Lord just has you pray, and He doesn't need you to tell the person. But like you were just saying a minute ago, there are times when the Lord will you know, tell you, speak a word to you about something that could save a person's life and whatever. The thing that that I hope what I'm hearing in your question is, one of the things as an intercessor that, that the enemy will try to bring against you as a strategy is you didn't hear that from God. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're, you're just making that up. Why are you even going down that road? Trust, trust that you hear him. Trust that he is giving you these messages and move forward with that. And if you make a mistake, God's grace is sufficient. I mean, it's not like anything horrible is going to come from you making a mistake in your discernment. But listen to the Lord. And when he tells you to step forward and let whoever, whatever know, if that's something that 
in his plan, then be obedient and do it. Don't hold back. But if he's not telling you to go forward or step out or, or whatever, then just just hold it in your heart. You know, Scripture said that Jesus' mother held it in her heart until the appropriate time. So just hold it in your heart. Pray for it. Intercede for it. But trust and know that it's God and don't ignore it. Yeah, Kathy, that's one of the things that I love about when I chat with you and I ask you a question is, is usually your response is, well, I just pray and then, I, you know, I, I just pray and obey it. It's not really a big deal. I just kind of do my thing. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I love your answer. That, that, the, the, actually, the intent behind my question was um, to to pull out this this fact that the role of an intercessor is just as important it's equally as important as the role of a uh, the role of an, uh, an apostle or prophet a pastor a teacher or an evangelist and i think oftentimes we um celebrate apostles and prophets and pastors um but oftentimes we don't really celebrate intercessors and i think that the reason for it is well i think that a lot of intercessors don't even necessarily want to be celebrated it's like they they would rather be in the in the background but i also wonder if sometimes there is like um you know something in intercessors that that sees that maybe that what they're doing is not as important as a prophet or an, or an apostle so so i wonder if sometimes intercessors um if there's this 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 piece where they're like what like no what I, this is just what i do and god uses me but it's not as important and so i'm just going to hang hang in the back if that makes sense you know and so that's why i asked you the question of you know at what point do you kind of let let somebody know that that you got their back you know and yeah <laughs> and, and, and again i think it's it's really important to just follow and hear what the lord says but what you what you were saying is is a really good point because um and i don't want this to sound like victim because it's absolutely not but a, a lot of times this role is not given the the um, importance that it should have. The intercession is the foundation of all ministries. Without it, you're like sitting ducks. You know, the ministry is like a, like sitting ducks. But we as intercessors have not been, I don't want to say recognized or more honored or anything like that, but most of the time it's not given the point the importance of being a foundational situation so a lot of times we don't want to like you know try to come forward like we're being prideful or like god told me this or you know things like that we just we just want to do our jobs and a lot of times for us when we like to stay like hidden or behind the scenes or whatever it's, a, a lot of times it's not because of shame or or being you know shy or anything like that or not even wanting to step outside our comfort zone it's because that's where we can see things better when we can discern God's voice, we can look at the atmosphere, we know the direction for praying. You know, it, 
it's really hard. I always tell people this. It's really hard to have a conversation with you and and, and listen to God's voice, too. Wow. So wow. a lot of time being behind the scenes is, per, is the purpose of that is so that we can hear him and get our assignments and our strategy. That's so good. And I, I wanted to ask you, um, Kathy, when the Lord drops something into your spirit to, to cover and pray, um, do you pray until you've prayed it through and, and you feel a release? Or is it the kind of thing where, um, where you pray into it and then you'll take a break and come back to it the next day and pray into it? Um, what's typically your, your MO, your method of operation when it comes to when the Lord drops something and it really like you're feeling it heavy on your heart? Um, what does that look like for you? Um, actually, I will usually pray it through until I feel the release. Um, but if it is something, you know, like, like for instance, right now with our governmental system and, you know, all of the disunity, I'm constantly on that, you know, and, and, and I can't pray that through until it, it breaks or I can't pray that through until the burden lifts. That's, that's something that's going to be an ongoing daily thing until there is a release from that. Um, but for instance, if I get, if the Lord gives me, you know, something for um, Ida or or a specific um, situation, I'll pray that through until I feel peace from the Lord that it's been covered. And if you were to... Um I'm just so when you when you begin to pray and you and you begin to bring something to the Lord, um, uh, what is what does that look like? Like you you come to the Lord and and you have this thing and um, is what is that what does that actually look like? Well, first of all, I would like to say that as as intercessors, we need to make sure that we have a heart of repentance because if our heart is not, you know or say daily or whatever, and I'm not talking holy, you now, know, holier than thou stuff, Kathy, but each Ka day you need to make sure you're cleansed. Kathy, what'd you right? say, what'd you say right off the bat? You said you need to make sure that your heart is what? Pure. Pure, okay. That's good. Uh-huh. Because, you know, if yesterday you were offended by somebody and now you're going into intercession, you know, that offense could be an open door to deception. So you need to make sure your heart is clear and cleansed. And then, you know, always have a heart of worship with Thanksgiving, you know, that's, that's very important. But usually when I go into intercession, I just, you know, I'll say, okay, Lord, this is, this is what I've heard you say, or this is what this person has asked. How do you want me to proceed? How do you want me to cover it? You know, and, and let him give me instructions on on where he wants me to go with it. And, you know, I just, I mostly just listen to the Lord and let him guide me in which direction to take. 
such great advice because um, we know that Jesus is an intercessor and he's at the right hand of the Father where he's making intercession for us. And so it would only make sense that we'd be able to get some pretty clear directives from Jesus and to really come into alignment with his intercession um, and to and to manifest that, you know, on the earth and to see it come through but I especially I especially liked what you said about even before you begin praying taking an evaluation of your of your heart and um, and just uh, uh, covering your own heart with the blood of Jesus and also just um, discerning any sort of um, judgments within your own heart that would filter um, the way that you pray I I, I I thought that was especially especially great. <laughs> Thank you. Another thing that's really important in proceeding with an, an intercessory assignment is to also always ask for protection against retaliation because if God has given you assignment to break through for something or someone, the enemy isn't going to be happy with you. So don't don't forget to you know I need people interceding for me and don't forget to you know ask the Lord to cover me against any strategic games that the enemy might want to pray with me play with me for praying for others yeah that's 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 really really good um, and w and what would a prayer like that look like as far as um, coming against retaliation you know, uh, Father, um, I ask you to cover me against retaliation, that no form of strategy from the enemy coming against me that would like to bring harm to me will be able to be established, Lord. I just thank you for covering me head to toe with your blood, Lord Jesus, and guarding and protecting me from the enemy and his, his uh, demonic forces. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Hey, that, that that's good. So good. I, w I wanted to ask you. Um, so now, restoring the foundations is a ministry that Walter and Ida um, are are not only a part of, but they're really kind of like um, overseers of restoring the foundations ministry here on the West Coast. Um, what kind of um, role did restoring the foundations play in your in your own life? And the reason why I ask this is because um, uh, one minister that I have just a, a ton of respect for, real prophet, um, his chief intercessor, his I think his only intercessor, is from Asia. And really, like one of the things that was important to him, to him is that she had no ties to masonry or Freemasonry, and so um, because uh, she has her own kind of generational stuff to deal with, but it's completely in contrast to the kind of stuff that might be a part of of his generational dynamics. So it'd be easier for her to discern plans and attacks of the enemy that might be even explo explo exploitive regarding his own generational path and that kind of thing. And so um, to me, it would make sense to um, to want to be free and clear of, of you know, generation, generational curses, that kind of thing. So I guess my question for you is going through Restoring the Foundations, how did that impact your, your call and your gift of intercession? 
Well, first of all, let me say that going through restoring the foundations was life-changing. It was, it's the most amazing ministry ever. I, I just love that ministry and everything about it. Because what it did for me specifically in my life was show me some things that were actually very hidden that I had no idea were there. And uh, it also, by freeing me from all of that stuff. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's never a cure-all end-all. The Lord is always working with people, healing you, renewing you, restoring you back to, you know, His foundation. So um, there's always room for growth and, and healing and, and, you know, it, it doesn't ever stop. But what that specific time of going through the ministry did for me was by closing up some of the doors that I didn't even know were there and showing me how the enemy's strategies had affected me throughout my life, it brought such a clarity between the Lord and myself for me to hear his voice that... I think, you know, every intercessor, this is just my opinion, I think every intercessor intercessor needs to be a person that's willing to go through some sort of situation of cleansing because there are doorways that we don't even know about that can color the way your you what the way it looks how you intercede and I think it's very important if if the Lord has called you to the ministry of intercession, that you be as cleansed as you possibly can. Again, not as a holier than thou, but as a as a specific obedience to be able to hear and respond clearly without deception. That's so good. And just to kind of um, bring the microscope maybe a little closer, I was wondering, are there some UGBs, as they're called in Restoring the Foundations world, are there some ungodly beliefs, um, things that people believe to be true um, that are running in the background in the subconscious that you think are um, pretty common for intercessors? Are there any things that kind of that kind of come to mind for you that may be um, common beliefs among intercessors that aren't necessarily true? Well, all I can say is for me, one of the common threads that always affected me was, I'm not good enough. Why would God talk to me? How dare I think that God would be willing to speak to me? I'm nobody. Wow. Wow. And I think possibly that does affect a lot of intercessors, like... Why would God give me this? Because I'm just this, you know, I'm not anybody. And I, I think that that happens quite often with intercessors. That's, that's my opinion. And how, and how would you, re, how would you respond? Like if you heard an intercessor tell you that, how would, how would you respond to, to, to such an intercessor? Um, wow. Well, I can tell you what Restoring the Foundations did for me, and it showed me that I am worthy, that God does love me, that 
I am his child and a valued child, and he does want to talk to me. And if he, why would he call me to something and not equip me for it? That's kind of sabotage, and that's not who God is. Yeah, that's so good. And so if, if you're listening to this right now and you have the call of, of an intercessor and you're praying in the background and praying things through and you're holding people in your heart and situations in your heart, um, but you feel somewhat unworthy, you feel somewhat um, insignificant, um, definitely take this to heart. Like what you're doing is so huge. It's so important. And Kathy, I would, I would tell you this as well. I mean, just coming from a pastor, thank you so much for your obedience to Christ. And thank you so much for your tenderness and your discernment and for, for taking your time and really investing your time to really shift and change and create atmospheres um, so that God can show up and have his way. I mean, it's so, so, so significant. And, um, and and for whatever it's worth, you know, I, I know you don't I know I know you don't crave celebration like you you prefer I know that even doing this was kind of a difficult thing perhaps <laughs> and yet um, and yet I really believe that I'm joining in with um, with heaven today and really celebrating who you are and what you do and I also just really want to celebrate all the intercessors that, that get to listen to this and just and, and let you know that heaven is celebrating you and it's not just godly it's godlike like jesus is an intercessor he's at the right hand of the father um where he's praying for us and so um you know i i it, as this just goes out you know i just beg i beg you i plead with you um to keep it up <laughs> to don't don't grow weary in um in well-doing you know in in doing good don't grow weary in your praying because you're, you're making such a huge difference thank you thank you you're awesome <laughs> and <laughs> kathy I, you're awesome and i love your church <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome and we love you we love you and tim and actually i am a closet uh, src intercessor too <laughs> <laughs> i thought so well and you were praying for my family and i even last week when we were when we were sick and everything i, I so i so appreciate that um hey my, i just had one more question for you and my question is um um just me being a pastor um what kind of direction like if you were a part of seattle revival center and you were an intercessor what kind of direction or what kind of support would you want to have from me um just um well um not the word acknowledgement comes to mind, but that's not even the word I'm looking for. Just to know that as the pastor, as the as the leader of the church, that you um, trust and um, affirm and acknowledge that there are people that are undergirding and building a foundation of of you know protection of you know hearts that want success for the congregation that you are standing behind them 
with them, encouraging them, and trusting them to um, to prayerfully uphold your ministry. Yeah, that's so good. And and um, and I hate to. Um I, I, I like to break things down. <laughs> I like to just break it down and break it down, break it down. But what's like it, practically? What what would that look like? Like would it would it be the kind of thing where it would mean more if it was one on one, or is it the kind of thing that it could come from the platform or through an email? I mean, what would just being an intercessor, what do you feel like would, would mean the most? Is it just any, any form of, of expression or any form of connection or, or what do you think? Um, for me as a, as a person, it would be any form of connection. Um, I, I don't, again, I, you know, I, me, I don't need acknowledgement from the platform as far as a public acknowledgement, but if I, if like with Walter and Ida, for instance, you know, when they ask me to pray and I pray, they tell me if it was on point or if, you know, I need to pray more in this direction. I mean, they give me encouragement as to whether or not my prayers were on point, you know, because Ida will send me a text and she'll say, in ministry, she never gives away sensitive information ever. It's very private. I don't even know if it's male or female. But she'll say, in ministry, you know, hitting resistance, please pray. And I'll go before the Lord and I'll say, Lord, give me wisdom, what you want me to pray. And he'll start dropping stuff in my spirit. There was a vow as childhood that needs to get broken, or there's this, or there's that. The, the, the way I know that I'm um, being successful, for lack of a better way to say it, or, or you know, truly hearing from God in these things, is they will acknowledge, yes, there was a vow. Thank you for praying and giving us wisdom about that. So just any kind of encouragement from from the head pastor would be wonderful that, that they are correct and that they are praying in the right direction and that they are here steering and breaking up strategies or even praying into effect new positive strategies. You know, if you could give them things to your intercessory team, things to pray for, like, you know, we're going to be moving in this direction down the road. Could you seek the Lord for wisdom and pray that through for me? That would let them know that you trust who they are and what God has anointed them to do. Wow. So, so, so good. Kathy, thank you so much for, um, for taking time out of your day just to chat with me. I felt a lot of, a lot of presence, um, on this, on this conversation, a lot of weight on this conversation. And I really feel like, um, we're about to see a fresh kind of intercession movement on the earth. And you're obviously a, a pioneer. You're already, you're already doing it. And, um, and I also just wanted, I know I told you this before we even started recording, but 
I, I think a lot of the stuff that you just that that you just do because of just who you are, um, you, I don't think you even realize kind of the the gold that's necessarily in you or the gold that you've released today. But there's tremendous weight um, on on what you just released. And one of the things that I that I so appreciate is that your gifting is different from my gifting. And so as you as you were talking just now, there's so many things that that were like eye opening to me, like so many, so many ways that I was able to kind of view the kingdom uh, or view different environments, even through your eyes, just by having you share your different experiences and stories. And that's been such a gift to me. So thank you so much for, for doing this. Um, and, uh, and just, again, I just really appreciate who you are and everything that you're doing. And I just, just, um, I'm just cheering you on. Well, I want to say thank you to you for helping me, for for um, giving me strength to do this and meeting me and just um, just for being a friend. I, I really value you and I value your ministry and I value your church. So thank you for, for considering me to be a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. And as I get, uh, as we get responses to this, there may be uh, questions that people have and, and that kind of thing. And so uh, who knows, we'll, we'll have to do this again, I think. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, awesome. awesome. And give my love to Tim, okay? Okay, I will. Thank you. Okay, love you guys. God bless. Talk soon. Okay, love you too. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.